you are right to be worried about this and you are valid because uh, I don't feel like I always use that term valid, but it's, it's a, uh, one of those things you always feel dismissed or people don't really pay as much attention to it or there are other freak out and say, why are you even bringing this up? You know? Um, and then other people saying, you know, there's a lot of different voices in here. So I just want you to know that, you know, your concerns and your worry, it's a good thing to be worried about your cancer grouping, your family history, BRCA, all that. And you had bilateral mastectomy is not caused by cancer. It's not caused by estrogen. Estradiol does not cause it at all. It never did. That was not what does that. What happens is, and this is important. I'm, I'm lay this out for you. Then I'll give you some options. When you have a stretch in your life where estrogen is dominant and progesterone is deficient. That usually happens in your first few years of having your period when you're a teenager and then happened in your, your forties and late thirties. Usually in that time you don't ovulate very well. And that's when you start seeing women with lower progesterone, it creates this uh, uh, imbalance with estrogen dominance. So the low level progesterone, higher level of, of estrogen creates this open window. In that open window there, environmental toxins, environmental um, um, contributors, things that move in that direction towards triggering uh, uh, cancer, those things are more active and have a higher chance of initiating you know, that cell reproduction going wrong. So now you're going down that road and generating cancer cells. When that happens in someone who has your genetic history, then estrogen, while it didn't cause it, it will trigger it to grow further. Because the cancer that you're more inclined to have tends to have more estrogen receptor activity. Now, think about estrogen separately by itself for a moment. Estrogen causes growth. It promotes growth. It's what it's supposed to do. So estrogen grows tissue. It does what it's meant to with collagen and, and, and glandular tissue, etc. And so when you have a cancer cell with an estrogen receptor on there that's really active, it's going to trigger that cancer cell to grow and proliferate even more. So let's step back a minute. And it almost sounded like a, it was like a, it's confusing what I said a moment ago. I'll be really clear on this. Estrogen did not cause the risk for breast cancer in this population. And the type that you have, it does not cause it. It's the lack of progesterone. It's the lack of progesterone. The progesterone not being present allowed this to start occurring. Progesterone causes cell death in, in breast cancer cells. Progesterone is an anti-cancer agent in your body, among other things. And so when progesterone is low, estrogen's fine. It didn't start this. But you have those, those chemicals, those environmental toxins, things that will trigger it. Then your estrogen now can cause the problem to grow and become more severe. Now you've had bilateral mastectomy, so good. You know, that's, that's a great way to just kind of like take that away, that strain away. There are women that I see in your population and I, we sit down, we have long conversations about the use of estrogen. In cases like yours, I always, you know, defer to you what you want and what you, you, you feel comfortable with because that's the most important thing we ever do. If you choose to do estradiol, I am going to be very aggressive because you're more than just the sum of your breast tissue. You know, there's the line of the uterus. I had a woman uh, who I think very highly of, a patient I've only had for a year, who... um was put on unopposed estrogen for five years uh, before she saw me. And now she, uh, she contacted my office uh, Friday to let us know that she was diagnosed with cancer. I just started treating her. So I, I, you know, I didn't really get much traction on her yet. The thing is like, you are more than just the sum of your breast tissue when it comes to hormones in your body. There's the lining of the uterus. There's the ovaries. 
There's so much to you. So when we do estrogen in you people, in your case, I'm always very cautious. I'm monitoring every other part of your health. You know, we'll, 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 if there's issues with history with the uh, lining of the uterus, we may do an ultrasound before and after or during, whichever we have a discussion with that. There's a lot of things I think about with your cases. I'm, and you, if you've ever watched my podcast, you would see that I have a, a bias against topical estrogen. And that goes back to my history. Uh, when I first was in medical school, I trained uh, environmental toxicology. I, I really was a big advocate for that. And I still am. And I, I believe in environmental toxicology. I just seem to have fallen into this area more, more. And, um, but still that background of environmental toxicology, whenever a compound comes into contact with you and can affect your health, that's something I take seriously. So when someone puts a topical estrogen on and it can be transferred to your dog, to your cat, to your loved ones, it's important. Now, transvaginal, yes, you're not going to have really much transfer, so we're in a better place. But if you were to be intimate and, 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 and have intercourse, there's no timeline for how long that estrogen is going to be on your vaginal mucosa. And if you're using it with some regularity, there's a chance that you're going to have some exposure to your partner. When you have that exposure... I mentioned this in a previous podcast, when you have that exposure, it will diminish the amount that you have present on your body. So you're reducing the benefit that you're receiving, but you're also going to be getting some on his body and topical estrogen in men uh, on the penis, you know, leads towards uh, adult onset micro penis. It, it leads towards erectile dysfunction. It's just, um, and I just ethically, I have a problem with it personally. Now there are ways around that one, you know, instead of using topical estradiol, consider using topical estriol. Estriol, there's three types of estrogen. There's estriol, estradiol, and estrone. Estriol is the weakest of all the estrogens, and that's the one that's not associated with cancer. That topically has a better result, and your chances of having an issue with your husband, minimal, minimal if any. So I would say the first thing to consider is topical estriol and see if that works better. There was a recent study, and I'll kind of um, sent it to, to Justin for you to kind of look at the American Academy of Clinical uh, Gynecologists, I think it was, uh, ACOG. They're the ones that um, wrote down that topical estradiol in your population is okay. They don't, they're not against it. With that said, I still prefer women to use estriol because of their significant other. Um, another therapy that I do a lot in cases like this and, and in your population specifically, I do testosterone. You know, and I know it sounds crazy, like Brennan, that's insane, but this is why oncologists refer to me a lot. Because if you give this woman testosterone at the correct dosing and you watch the estradiol, because testosterone in a woman and a man's body, testosterone will convert into estradiol. We don't want too much estradiol at all. I know that. So if you give you testosterone and watch your estradiol levels, we prevent it from going too high. We can aromatase, we inhibit it. But again, the right dose of testosterone doesn't do that. And if it does, we see it. Why would I give you testosterone for uh, vaginal health? Because what makes your vaginal tissue healthy, among many things, one of the big ones is going to be that estrogen that, that nurtures and helps build up that mucosa. It gives that mucous membrane um, um, resiliency, and, and it creates that environment where healthy flora can thrive, bacteria. And without it, you don't have those things. Testosterone also has that impact and that benefit. So if I gave you testosterone, it could mimic estradiol and you would have the same benefits, but you wouldn't have to do topical and you wouldn't have any of the, the, the risk factors associated with using estradiol. 
So I'm, I'm more inclined to using testosterone in those cases. The other benefits of testosterone, as I mentioned in the past, lean, healthy muscle mass, bone density. Testosterone helps with bone density a lot. The overall cognitive part, because estradiol, I, it always, I talk poorly of it sometimes. I know I sound that way, but you know, estradiol, if it's too high, it's going to create and cause you to feel crazy. Too low, you'll feel crazy. In the middle, beautiful. But if we can't use that, testosterone has a similar benefit. Too high, not great. Too low, not great. Right in the middle. You have every right to be concerned and worried about estradiol. If someone were to prescribe estradiol to you, I would want to make sure that they're doing everything important that goes along with it, which means labs. So you want them to be testing your estradiol. You want them to testing your estrone. You want them to be giving thought to the lining of the uterus, the, the ovaries. They want, you want them to be thinking about you as a whole. And you want them to be thinking about your husband as well. Think about that. If I were, so if I were the doctor right here and I'm going to prescribe you topical estradiol and I know that you're with your husband, I'd want to run his estradiol too to make sure I'm not getting it on him. You know, whenever you have this stuff on a team, it's better. You have a better understanding of what's in front of you. And you don't have a moment later on where you're like, I did that topical estrogen thing. It was a good idea, but now it caused this and this, and you didn't know. So bringing your oncologist on board now is important. So that way they're aware of what you're doing and there's no miscommunication later. God forbid something would go wrong and there's a better understanding. Also your oncologist sometimes will have great ideas too, because they see you they, and, and I'm, and I always have hope for a great oncologist that we don't always get them. There's a hope. I mean, my, my landlord, the, the guy that I, uh, I get my building um, through, the guy, you know, the, he actually, his office was my current office now, and he still is a practicing oncologist. He, um, you know, he's, he's the one I would trust him talking to you about what you're doing with your estrogen because he sees you as a whole human being, not just, you know, just you're just cancer, not your cancer. You know what I'm saying? The cancer risks. Put it that way. I'm sorry. I'm being, I'm mixing terms up here for you, and I don't want to. You know, I want to be really clear. I know you don't have cancer, but still, it's good to have that person in your in your corner who's going to see you as a whole human being and not just say no. And now you're trying to figure out, wander around the wilderness of what can you do because this is not a good way to go through life with this vaginal atrophy like that. 